0: when you've been part of a circle, you realize that there's something magical in there. There's like an invisible thread connecting us and you may say something and the other person in front of you feels seen.
1: So welcome to Chilling with Chill Me, the podcast. Chilling with Chill Me began as an Instagram live series during the lockdown as a way to kind of stay connected and have something to look forward to was my own little ritual really. I started reaching out to a few of my mates who do work I really admire and some experts on topics I was interested in such as hypnotherapy and astrology to see if they were up for an interview and I ended up receiving quite a few messages asking to turn the series into a podcast. So here I am and finally and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my guest today. Denisa Maria is a Magdalene Rose High Priestess and coach whose mission is to help empower women to awaken their divine feminine and honor their own unique rhythm. I've been attending her full moon and new moon ceremony circles since the beginning of the year, and Denisa leads the most beautiful, profound guided meditations and rituals. And I can't wait to get stuck in and learn more about her work. Hello, Denisa.
0: Hello, Gabriella. Oh my God, I'm so excited that we get to talk today.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful that you've agreed to be my guest. And oh, I also forgot to mention you are from Transylvania and you have an intolerance to garlic. So <laughs> you're potentially also a vampire.
0: <laughs> that That's all sorts of rituals. We'll live it there.
1: <laughs> oh my God, we need to get it. We'll, we'll, we'll quiz you on that a bit later. Yeah. But first, we got to... Set the scene, take it back to the beginning. How did you find this work? Or did it find you? And what's the journey been like? Ooh. How far can we go back? As, as far <laughs> back as you like. Did little Denisa think this is what she was going to be doing? This was going to be her life's work?
0: Not really. However, little Denisa, <laughs> baby Denisa, was born with a huge birthmark on her. Her third eye that was in the shape of a rose. Oh wow! And it was considered, you know, my my family, especially my grandma, um, hid it. So it wasn't seen as a good thing, right? um It was uh, a mark, the mark of shame. Um, and she would hide me from people and neighbors coming in, you know, to see the newborn baby. Wow! I found that years later. However, when I entered uh, my priestess path which um, I, I really want to share how that found me yeah. because it's a really, um, it's a beautiful process. Um, I put two and two together and I realized, oh my God, the birthmark on me was a rose. Like I had a, a huge rose on my forehead.
1: That's incredible. So you were born to do this work really. <laughs> you could say
0: so. When we, when we find what we love, mm. whenever we do it, we feel alive and energized if you're doing something and it depletes you it's a sign that your vital energy is is running through some corners through some cracks and whenever I am involved in any rituals holding space I just feel energized and alive even though it could be depleting because some sometimes ceremonies can be very intense
1: yeah you can tell that you were you can tell that you're in your comfortable space. It's where you're supposed to be because you hold space so well. Um, And it's been so beautiful to be part of these circles every month, but we can, we can get into it a bit later. So yeah. Tell us, get into it a bit more. Tell us a little bit about that journey.
0: So initially my awakening journey started when my father passed away. So that was in 2011, I was 22 and he had an accident and he Um, passed away a few days after it was quite traumatic and shocking and all of a sudden and I had a moment um, around the funeral his funeral we were in a village you know just outside um, one of the big towns Brasov in Romania Transylvania and over 500 people came to pay their respects throughout the um, morning days that we had and you know the wake that was um, held and all the traditional customs um, and that just made me think oh my god all these people are coming and they're telling stories mm. they're telling stories about how he helped them with this he helped them with that he gave them a lift he did something he was the mayor of the village at one point you know there were all sorts of stories and I realized whoa I've got some big shoes to fill in and I decided to make this moment a decisive moment for me in the way that it will be a changing crossroad and it became my why my why to influence the lives of a billion people in his name whether I get to a billion I could stop a few millions I would you know or I could stop a a few hundreds though it has been hundreds and thousands since I started um I made it the moment that inspired me right so my lesson was to make a difference in people's lives and I started by looking at my health so initially I started with healthy food with um, nutrition raw food plant-based it's been a journey for myself to help me to prepare for a surgery I used to have metals in my spine so I was a real iron woman (laughs) I had scoliosis, and they bolted my spine with um, screws and titanium rods and I had those for 10 years in, and I really want to take them out because uh, one of the rods broke inside my spine.
1: Oh, that, uh, how did you discover that? Were you in pain?
0: There was a little thing that was bothering me. That was like, yeah. oh, there's an inkling. And then I went for a checkup, you know, I, I would need to go for regular checkups every year, or every other year. And I saw it in an x-ray and the doctor was like, oh, it's fine. It happened before, you know, we can take them out if you want. And I was like, what? we can take them out oh. and um, that just gave me that seat and it took me a few years I really wanted to be in a position to heal yeah very swiftly and that that's that was another thing you know I speak a lot about the why in my coaching work as well The why is really important it's the reason why you get up or why you for example why you sing yeah. why you um, are doing this podcast now why I'm you know, showing up in different ways. That, why?
1: It's yeah. Perfect. the intention, the intention behind it. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So um for many years I've been in the health and wellness space. And then there was a time when I really craved sisterhood. And I craved feminine things. And I didn't know where that was coming from. And I was looking for circles and I was looking for places to connect with. And there weren't many things. Um this was more than five, six years ago, I think, around that time. And there weren't so many offerings, but I did discover that you could work with your cycle and you could, you know, look at your cycle as a way to understand yourself Mm. and not something to fight or to hate or that it's a burden. Because I've had most of my life really heavy periods and painful ones and quite intense Mm. times of the month. Yet I was still striving, you know, to go to work or to show up and do all the things while on it, because I can do anything that a man does, even though I bleed for five days. You know, that was the kind of joke. Yeah. <laughs> so when I learned that, that was the process that opened me up to, hey, there's there's power in your cycle. And I, I've read the book Wild Power mm. and that that was a really good place to start with.
1: Oh, I've got to read that book. It's been popping up a lot on my on my feeds rec- recommended reading, and on I keep on seeing it on my friends' Instagram pages. They've been reading this book, and I've read it's a fiction book, but The Red Tent. Have you read The Red Tent? Oh my god,
0: yes, I've read that, and probably before Wild Power. And I was like,
1: oh, yeah, so I, I've read it a few times, and I've got the audio book, and I can't. I just love the story. It's so beautiful. But basically, it's called The Red Tent, and when the women would bleed and because they were living in close community, they would all bleed at the same time. They would go into this tent and they were considered people, the rest of the community would go to them to kind of, because they was, they believed that they were more intuitive on their period. So if they needed cat seek, were seeking counsel, they would go to them at this time. And also the sisters would just be together and have that space. And now it's like, like you were saying, we're expected to work on our period and, you know, have that same amount of crazy energy, go, go, go. I don't know how now that I've been more in tune with my cycles, I don't know how I would do a gig, like a a tour and every day on my period just be like on it. I don't know. I think that would have to be something I would have to consider now. But um,
0: That's a really, really good point mm. because – you, you'd show up and you can do it. Mm. It's just a place where you're doing it from. You can do it where you work with your cycle and you work with its strengths mm. or you you put it, you know, stretch, shove it under the carpet. It's like, I'm just sh- going to show up, you know, as everyone else around me. But we change so much. And we are, you know, the, 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 the period phase is the wise woman phase. Mm. and this is spoken about you know in, in wild power as well and it's that time when you do get better ideas and dreams as well Like if you follow them if you look at them they're quite intuitive and you know um you you have better counsel mm. at that time and also what I've noticed because I love weightlifting I can lift so much more like it's badass <laughs> you know when you're bleeding
1: it must be that energy of you know when you're lifting it's it's not like ra- running the race it's like really having the strength to dig deep and and like when you think about lifting weights, as having that power that inner power it's not like yeah running a race is different
0: yes and there's a lot you know like if anyone's interesting is interested in this there is a lot on of- you know cycle matching your workouts and cycle matching your food and intermittent fasting there's a whole world out there but just to start with something it's basically mm-hmm. just tracking tracking your cycle and i never got to say how i got um into the priestess
1: um, yes, uh yes speak about that
0: yes yeah, so um i'm journaling i've been keeping a journal since i was 12. i started with creating my own language to write so that <laughs> my mom wouldn't understand it. And yes, and they're fascinating to look back. And mm. in all fairness, I think that's the best way to know yourself because all our lives are memories. Mm. What I just said a moment ago about plugging the phone, the laptop, and you know the screen, that's a memory already. Mm. It's passed. And the beginning of the sentence has passed already. So we all have memories and they become... Distorted and they become wrapped into the emotions we felt in, in, in the moment we lived them. So by keeping a journal, you have the most accurate description of who you are mm. and what you, what you, you've lived through. Cause I sometimes feel, Oh my God, that year was really challenging, or, you know, I probably have a lower opinion or view of something that happened and then I go through my journal mm. and it's like no it wasn't actually actually it was quite good you know or or the other way around so this journal so I was um doing free writing automated writing where I call in my guides and I just let my hand flow and I I was writing and I wrote and also when I do this I speak in second person so I don't speak in first person it, it just it writes I write in second person so it's, it said you are a rose priestess and you will find your tribe and you find your people and you'll find your teacher and I was like oh my god what is that like I've never heard that term before mm. and this was gosh when was it maybe 2019 the beginning of the year maybe and, um, I went online and I looked what is a rose priestess? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and I found um the Way of the Rose, my teacher's website, and turns out she was starting her first round of priestess
1: initiations,
0: um, initiation. yes, oh, wow. and it was starting within a month mm. after I I, you know, after I found her out, so I applied and I started straight away and that was it. Mm. And it's really fascinating because I was speaking to a sister of mine that um, initiated after me in a different group and she had the same thing. She was told through writing that she's a rose priestess and that's
1: how she found it. So this, this work did really choose you then. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And where I am, I'm really curious to know where the name the Magdalene comes from. It comes
0: from Mary Magdalene. Mm. Um, Mary Magdalene, who wasn't just a disciple. Um, There are gospels that have been found that have been hidden by those that try to escape, Mm. um, you know, the persecution and also there was a decree where all non-canonical Gospels, you know, like the ones that have been chosen by um, the church leaders, were deemed to be destroyed.
1: Yeah. This is something that really, I think, God, it's going to take me a while to find the words, but the fact that I feel like women's words and the, the women's experience has been written out of the whole Bible or i grew up catholic and I'm, I'm guessing in romania did you grow up christian or orthodox or?
0: yeah or christian orthodox, orthodox. so they, when the church split right it, uh, was it a that council i don't even remember if it was um
1: i don't know exactly when
0: yeah. but there was the great rift and mm. it split so it was the initial tr- and then it split into the rome church and the constantinople mm. um church and um yeah romania greece russia is very orthodox you know and it's this idea that it's holier than though uh, it is the way the right way the only way
1: same with the other way that's what I find when whenever you speak to not not every Christian and Catholic and I think um, all religions fundamentally have a lot of beauty and truth to them Um, but I think the words get distorted and you you know manipulated to serve whoever is speaking at the time but everybody thinks they're right and it's just like how i don't know yeah lost for words and, and there's that. you
0: know we, we could go down that path but just yeah. to actually, little, keep it? <laughs> yeah we <we're, laughs> we were intending to do that
1: but no. um,
0: you know the, the, the translation so the texts were written either in aramaic or in greek mm. that was the scholar language um then they were translated to latin translations are taking the shape of the person who's translating Mm. because they're relative you know one word has multiple meanings Mm. so now there are scholars that are retranslating these gospels including like the lord's prayer from aramaic which means something completely different than what we've learned you know the the piece of fundamental the light the love is there Mm. however the translation can have various meanings and it's it's a revelation Mm. to just dabble into this to explore these and for me I had to deal with a lot of trauma Mm. like actually just working through that every time I hear like a new translation or a new interpretation or that something's been proved that it was told a certain way through the church texts, and we've learned in a certain way, especially around women. And then I like, whoa, I'm like, I have to work through that to make peace within myself that what I thought was right or what I was scared of or told to fear is not true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of women around the world can relate to that feeling. And um yeah, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. I I've tried to um I have, you know, read it and listened to different interpretations of it because a lot of the text is missing, isn't it, from the the gospel?
0: Yeah. So there are a few versions that have been found and um together they were put you know they made a text, but they're still missing quite a few. And their stories shared like similar in the other gospels, but through a different lens of teaching and it's a very it's a very gentle very wise lens of teaching a feminine way of teaching yeah um, you know I love Cynthia Bourgeois she's an academic scholar and her work on the gospels her work on and research like it's very academically done the research on um, Mary Magdalene is really fascinating and I've come across it after I've ordained and I'm really glad it was that way so the way I was trained and um, initiated as a priestess has been through the way of self-knowledge and through um, our own experiences and often we were left alone to figure it out and I would crave the circles I would crave you know the the group and my teacher would always say you know it's a solitary path you have to figure it out yourself mm. and you know my my inner child would go like no <laughs> like I want I want some attention um <laughs> but that is the truth you know when you go inside when you go within you do get so much more so the way I've come to know um Mary Magdalene and the Magdalene's which is a collective of priestesses energies that are surrounding this resurgence of the feminine
1: yes yeah a massive resurgence of women kind of reclaiming their their witchiness and also like a craving for ritual yes it's
0: it's the way to know ourselves
1: Mm. and
0: that's why I love it you know that's why I, I bring this and it's I I was a coach before being a priestess and it's bringing the two into one through the way of like through the coaching way of creation like you can create your reality you can create yourself I am that I am Mm. who do you want to be and the way of self-knowledge through self-ritual self-inquiry diving deep going on journeys you know you've experienced quite a few journeys uh, by now, with me, you know we we go places.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, we need to get into, yeah, some of what happens during a ceremony or a full moon ceremony a bit later. But I love how you have kind of alchemized, you know, that trauma that you went through and losing your father. And I feel like a lot of um, people in your field who are either healers or coaches, they have to overcome something, and then they share that lessons the lessons that they've learned and yeah I love that marriage of you you know that coaching kind of traditional coaching work and then you know teaching people to go to trust their their intuition really and go within it's scary when somebody says go within or you have the the knowledge within you because we've always told that the knowledge is outside of ourselves and to Mm. add
0: you know like. This that scary feeling sometimes can also feel bypassing, and if we're used to want the answers, and if we we used to want attention in a certain way, not necessarily in a bad way, but just we we thrive on that, you know, like teacher, tell me, teacher, tell me, and you know the teacher comes like you are the teacher, <sighs> <laughs> tell me what's wrong with me? Why do you? There's a little bit of that wounded. um maybe inner child that wants to be told because that's what
1: they learned along the way that's what we've been taught yeah can't you just figure it out for me like can't you just yes. tell for me like i don't know i'm just like a helpless wee you know <laughs> yeah because there can also be an overload of information you know especially in the spiritual space and i was listening to this um Uh, this woman Reverend Brianna Lynn she's on Instagram she's actually hilarious and um she's really wise actually and she's she says something like new cage spirituality or uses the term new cage spirituality and there's so much wellness and so much you know meditate for a thousand hours and reach nirvana or whatever there's how do you kind of navigate your way through all that
0: you make it your second nature (laughs) Unintended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love, yeah, because your website, your your com- I guess your company is called. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: so, yeah. Um, my website, my brand is Second Nature. It was Second Nature when I was doing health and wellness, and I thought, oh, I should change it. It should just be my name. And I really, no, but the principle is the same. You just make something your second nature, and it's the same with the rituals and with meditation and with being present. It's not a commodity. Mm. We don't plug in our Headphones and do a um you know something on an app and that's it we tick the box Nirvana you know like yeah yeah <laughs> um there's nothing wrong with that because that helps us however the ritual is in the everyday so just before we connected I went to my altar I put on the candle I looked around I burnt a little bit of dry basil um and smudged and. Just for 30 seconds, that was a ritual. That's what I do, you know, in the morning. I wake up, I go, I light a candle. I do the same thing. I just connect briefly. Mm. But I make it something that's just like brushing my teeth. And then, you know, I drink water and you look at it and you could just say, thank you, I love you. Mm. You chop something to make food. The same thing, It's everything is a ritual because everything exists in the now
1: Mm.
0: outside of it there's just past memories or a future projection
1: and that's a really beautiful like suggestion I was going to ask you like how do people you know what does ritual mean to you I think you you kind of just explained it but and how can people can begin to incorporate that in their daily lives
0: I really like the word devotion
1: Mm.
0: me too it's it's a beautiful way to bring it in, right? So there's habits, there's goals, there's objectives, there's discipline. I fought with, for example, with discipline for a really long time because I felt I need to be disciplined, you know, so I would go like, I need to be disciplined, I need to meditate, I need to discipline. And I realized that has such a harsh um, edge around it because discipline is very manly, very army, very, you know, or like order, no room for chaos. Mm. And I've come to fall in love, you know, to, to use um devotion as a synonym mm. for discipline. So it's devotion to to the moments. And we may not be aware of it in every moment, mm. but if we catch you only need a glimpse, it's like oh Ooh, I've been quite in my head I've been quite head is like oh I'm quite t- okay I'm bringing in devotion mm. what do you want to be devoted to right so I use devotion to the divine devotion to the goddess devotion to um grace mm. to feminine devotion to love you choose what you devote yourself to devotion to music in your case
1: I love that so used devotion as a synonym, synonym. That's a hard word to say, isn't it? A sim- synonym for discipline. And that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. Cause I, and I know a lot of people around me experience that like guilt of like not being disciplined enough. Like I didn't wake up this morning and do an hour of yoga. Like I thought I would, or sit on, sit and do me- you know meditation for, you know, Another hour and then your whole day goes by, or even just little things around the house. But I think reframing it with the word devotion is, it makes you want to look after yourself and want to, there's a different energy around it.
0: Absolutely. And that's, it's all words, right? So words are spells, spelling. Mm -hmm. You know, when we spell a word, what do we do? We spell, we cast a spell. When we speak, it influences everything around us, and women, I realize that. And I've come so fascinated. Um, I've recently discovered uh Vida Austin, she's um, a water researcher from New Zealand, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you could put it in the show That's description, yeah, yeah, in the notes. So she takes um photographs of frozen water that has been exposed through various things so before you know um, there were the studies with uh, water taken under the microscope so you can see the structure of it but what she does she exposes water to a variety of things and freezes it and then takes a photo and the frozen particles become communication so she has examples if you check her page she exposes it to Love the word love and exposes it to the word confused, and you can see that the frozen particles of love are quite harmonious and it creates hexagons and flowers and confused, it's just lines and chaos. Like it
1: that's funny, that's really interesting. Uh, I just hearing my nonna's, my grandma's voice in my head, she goes, Every time I say, oh, I'm so confused, she goes, No use questa parole, no use these words because, yeah, it's there it. Obviously, she understands it has this frequency. Oh, grandmas, grandmas have a wisdom, they know. And speaking of frequency and sound, I would really love to know how sound plays a role in your work because during our guided meditations, you I notice you use your voice you're obviously leading us with words and sometimes like bird calls I think I'm hearing that's what I'm hearing and then you use your drum and your rattle yeah I'd love to know a little bit more about um the tools you use and yeah and how sound plays a part in your work
0: I love that because I have a, never considered myself as someone working with sound because I've always been told oh, my voice is not good for singing and I'm out of tune and, you know, all of that. And, um, when I was in school, I applied to join the choir and I was accepted, but I never went. So <laughs> my joke was that I'm, I'm just a rough diamond. You know, I'm a rough call that's waiting to be <laughs> um, shaved into a diamond when it comes to my voice. So that's been something... Where I've worked on consciously as well to stop telling myself I'm not a singer or I'm not this because that is true. Mm. Like if I say it, it's true. Mm. Um, the same thing happened with painting and art. You know, like I said, I've I've um, I have a background in fine art, in photography, and media, and I also I'm not a, I can't draw. I'm not an artist, you know, by hand. Well, guess what? In COVID, in lockdown, I found some paints in our Airbnb in Mexico. And I painted 72 small paintings in oh the of a month. Um, and I just couldn't stop. And I was like, well, I guess I'm a painter now. Uh, because we choose these labels that society, oh, you're only a painter if you're so-and-so, or you're only a singer if you're so-and-so. So coming back to sound, um, I just let go. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times when I would be on a recording and I would really want to sing and I would be scared like my little voice would stop me be like you won't sound good you'll take everyone out of their state mm. right so there's there was that you know a part of me that wasn't comfortable doing that. I was scared right so it was fear so I worked on that and I just learned to let go like and the more you let go the more you don't break the trance you don't break the the frequency that is started when you open space in a ceremony as you know in a circle we open space we invite the elements Mm. we invite the guide so that is sacred space what happens there happens there
1: and it's like that perfect imperfectness um, that we were talking about before and that people can I find people relate to more it's like your favorite artists you don't Well, my favourite artists, I don't love them because they were perfect. I love them because of all the things that people would say that, you know, that's not technically good or that's not, you know, pleasant to listen to or look at, you know, when something's a bit ugly sounding as well. I like it, you know, because I can tell, especially when you know that's a person's, that's a unique expression. But that fear... Of is exactly the more you do it with confidence, the more people don't question it as well.
0: Probably no one questions it in the first place, and if they do, it has something to do with them because they recognize in them that oh, I I'm scared of someone judging me as not a good singer or not a good anything.
1: Yeah, so, I show
0: you um, my first um, instrument is this little. Oh my God. I, I have the blur on, right? So you can't really see. I can see it there. See it there. Yeah. Okay. So this, this little, it's, it's a little weaved bag from Mexico. Wow. I didn't realize how discolored it got. So, um, got this color on the outside and inside I have seeds and crystals from, uh, one of my first plant medicine ceremonies in Mexico. And that was a really powerful ceremony for me because. I experienced deep love, like really deep love. And I was, um, I felt reborn. So I I took the seeds and the crystals from the altar, I took some, and I made a little rattle. I love and, um for a very long time I used this and I used it in particular um on my period, I get heavy periods, I get heavy cramps, heavy pain, sometimes nauseous, sometimes dizzy like it's 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 a mix
1: I feel you yeah I'm right there
0: (laughs) so during my heavy periods when I would be like I would get in bed I would make I would have to make it dark so it's just as if I would be in womb and I would just rattle with uh, this and it would take me to the liminal space outside of pain Mm. there is nothing like pain to make you present Mm. And that's what I've learned through, you know, I've been in pain through various stages through my back, Mm. um, sciatica, period pains that sometimes are, you know, to the point of passing out. And there isn't anything like pain to make you present because in that moment, what do you feel? The pain and nothing else, nothing in the past exists, nothing in the future exists. No worry, no, I have to do this or that. You simply are breathing through the damn thing.
1: Mm. (laughs) So there
0: is there is power and as you become more aware of it, like it sort of mellows down. And this has helped me a lot. So this was, you know, my first uh, intended instrument. There's something about that percussion and that, you know, that repetitive sound of the rattle um, Mm. and the drum that creates like a big wave. And your conscious mind can attach to it. It's like, there's a sound. I'm attached to that sound. So your subconscious mind can come and wander around and you can experience different things.
1: Mm. That's a really cool rattle, that one that's got the rose.
0: Yes. So get I, I made this. Um, I found a, like an old rattle, a, like a child's rattle in Mexico. Yeah. And um, I, I bought it. I was like, I, I'm going to do something with it. And I didn't know for a very long time. And I took it apart and i painted it so it's got the four elements on it it's got um the water it's got the fire it's got the air and the earth through the snake i drew a snake on it um so i wanted it to be an elemental rattle and the rose of the feminine because yeah. that you know that is something that is very close to to me you know the, the rose is like this endless spiral and yeah. just keeps opening and opening and opening and that's how i see our journey. It's not that we go back in the same place. It's that we spiral up and we are above where we were.
1: Also oh, when we're journeying, say for example, you're taking us on a meditation and we're we're going somewhere, we're actually we're going above
0: we can go into the upper world, we can go into the underworld, but when I when I speak of you know the spiral of life, mm. that's you know, sometimes we feel oh, I've gone back. Oh, I'm back in the same space like that that's often something my clients tell me it's, yeah you know we, we can never go back mm. even if we try you know, the, the earth keeps spinning <laughs> um we we cannot go back every the universe expands and if you see it as a spiral we're just above the same space we were
1: mm. that's but, a beautiful way to think about things when you're stuck because uh, that feeling of oh nothing's moving forward, but you it, it actually, I'm going to think of the spiral now,
0: and um, I've also put um, linseed flaxseed inside, so it's got a really gentle sound. Yeah. Uh, whereas I have a more massive, this is a feminine rattle, and I have a more masculine rattle, which uh, was custom made for me um, in Mexico, and it's got the sun and it's got jaguar on it um so this is a more masculine a harsher sound it got harsh bigger seeds inside it
1: yeah
0: um, and i worked with both of these and then um i work with a few drums this is uh, a Remo drum um that i painted and you know for a really long time it's like i'm gonna find someone to paint it again i wanted to look outside of myself for someone talented to paint it and do it until one night I'm gonna paint my drum.
1: <laughs> Actually, it looks really good. I would commission you to paint a drum for me. Really cool.
0: Thank you. My little voice would want to say, "Oh, I can't do it." It was just a one-off, but my big voice would be like, "Okay, let's see what we can do."
1: You know, you know that you know that's gonna happen now. <laughs> be like, um, it's 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 really interesting because I've been. You know, recently, obviously, I'm a singer, so I'm aware of the power of music and and sound. Um, but I've been learning music or songs. Um, yeah, connecting to my ancestry through songs. We're learning songs in Italian, more specifically the Sicilian and Calabrese dialects. And um, and also, I've got my frame drum as well. Um, I'll show you my frame drum. As well. One second. I've got, it. I've got this one. This is this is a re- from Remo as well. And it's like the old the it's a Sicilian style um, frame drum, and yeah, I've been kind of practicing and playing around with learning the rhythms and stuff.
0: Show show the image a little bit.
1: So it's actually the image of the the Black Madonna on there, which is worshipped in the um, in quite a few parts in the world. I don't know if maybe do do they do that in Romania too or um
0: not as much, but I am familiar with it, and yeah. it is. It's, the feminine is dark but in a dark like you're inside a womb space
1: not in a like the earth yes like all these things and yeah Alessandra Belloni who created this drum and she is like a master of um rhythm really um she's got a book called Rhythm is the Cure and she talks about how these rhythms you know connect you to the goddess or connect you to the Black Madonna and it's still I, I I haven't played it in a long time. I need to get back into it, but it's um it's actually the women used to play the women used to play the drum. They were the ones in charge of the rhythm, um, and then I don't know what happened, but now you see a lot of men taking this role, and I think women need to. there needs to be a resurgence.
0: I think it's happening. I'll tell you what. Um, I came back from from that ceremony before i had started anything to do with the priestess work you know i was just um dabbling in various different things like card readings and and reiki that that was how actually that's how um my partner and i got connected as well um we, we met through food he tried my food and loved it uh
1: <laughs> is he a is he a Taurus? Oh, is it no a <laughs> The way to a tourist heart is through um, food. Oh,
0: it's to any man's
1: heart. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but uh, we we met and then we became friends. And at one point, he said, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna do a Reiki course. Do you want to do it?" I mean, I said, "You know what? I just met someone, and I'm gonna do a Reiki course as well." So we started practicing on each other, and that was a really beautiful way to um start our connection where was I going with this
1: <laughs> the drums resurgence of women oh, with the drum yeah so when
0: I when I when I came back um from my first trip to Mexico and I had a you know a spontaneous ceremony there um I came back and I felt I need to get a drum so um I messaged the the shaman and I I had the ceremony with, and I said, I need to get a drum. And he said, just get a drum, but I don't know what to do with it. And I said, the drum will tell you. So that's how, you know, and I had, again, I was like, but tell me the, where's the, where, where's the, you know, the <laughs> template, what do I do with a drum? Um And he was like, no, just ask the drum and the drum will lead you. Mm. And that's,
1: I think it's I, it's in us. It's like maybe the first sound was just this big boom, boom. I don't know, but
0: well, well listen, listen to this—the heartbeat. Yeah, that's right. that's the baby here. Yes. That's that's the primordial drum, the
1: mum's heart. Mm, that's all you need to know to start playing. So let's all let's all get our drums and. Um, it's such a nice way to zone out as well, or even just shaking that like the the physical act of like shaking. Um, I don't know if you use that a lot, the move, movement in your work, but yeah, how does that factor in?
0: <laughs> Not so much when we do something <laughs> Zoom, um, because it, it feels like, okay, I got to stay in the camera, make sure, you know, everyone's safe, everyone's guided, but um, in-person healings, in-person ceremonies, in-person rituals, movement is a big part and it comes back to letting go again you let go of what it should look like of what it should sound like because true movement you start making sounds and when you are in that safe space when you're in the sacred space they'll, they're guided the movements are guided sounds are guided and it's it's fascinating you know sometimes you you feel like a bird or you feel like a bear or you feel like the, the spirit of the animal comes through you and you move in that way. So yeah, movement is, is a big part and is powerful in itself. a devotional movement. Like it could just be when you get out of bed, you stretch through intention, through devotion and that's it. That can be your movement. It doesn't have to be I have to sit on the map and do my yoga session from A to B.
1: Yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be as structured as we're conditioned to thinking it needs to be. I don't know, there's something always within me that fights against I I like guilt myself into not being structured, but then I've got this like rebel inside of me that doesn't want to be structured anyway. Um, and I think there's something about, there's something about a balance in there for me, but reframing words like devotion or moving with devotion is a really nice way to, um, to look at things. And especially since we're so, we don't move very much these days. We're like seated at our computers all the time and, you know, like we were talking about that documentary series the other day about the blue zones and how people live longer um, in certain areas and they move their bodies more. They, they sit on the floor, they're reaching for things, they're, yeah.
0: I was just reading this one, one, one line, reading this last night. And I, I do want to come back to, um, there are two thoughts. I'm splitting now into two parts and we're having two different conversations, but um, quickly on the movement and I'll come back to what you said about not wanting to be organized and then also craving the, being organized. But with the movement, because um, I, I go to the gym, I, I like working, out. I like lifting weights. But I was reading about how movement around the house actually uses a lot of energy in the body. And that was the one in Living to 100 in the Blue Zones documentary as well. It's not that people, you know, they're doing specific exercise. It's that when you sweep your house, you don't use, you know, an automated hoover or vacuum Um, when you do the dishes when you go gardening when you you know dust off your curtains or things like that there is movement and I like like if I have to sweep something in the house I like to you know feel my body like tense my core be like so grateful that I can move and bring in this vision like when I'm 100 I still want to move like this you know bringing that in
1: yeah, visualizing being older because I mean, this this is this thing. There's this whole. I feel like I'm just inundated with advertisements and things on television screaming at us, telling us that we need to delay getting older in every way possible. But it's such a privilege to grow old, and yeah, visualizing yourself being older is a beautiful thing because we you you want to live a long life and and a you know a healthy a, as healthy as you can be.
0: And mobile. Because mm-hmm. you could be you could be going to a late age, or you could go later, you know, like an old age, and you could be dependent on other people. And care homes, did they ever exist? No. It's like you know, people would still move within the family and um it's that part of you know the loneliness can can create more lack of movement and then the whole body just sort of shuts down and your mind is still strong and agile but trapped in in a body
1: like the, the whole idea of community kind of brings us back to the circle and um yeah I feel like that's missing a lot today um community I mean I'm guilty of I know a few of my neighbors I don't really I don't know all the people who live you know, most of the people that live in my building. Um, but there is this craving for for sisterhood, um, you know, especially amongst a lot of the women and, and men that I've spoken to, a place to gather, a space to gather. And maybe you could share a little bit about your moon circles.
0: Circles are powerful because there's no one above the other one, right? It's not a triangle. It's a circle. What comes around goes around and it gets reflected. And... I love the safety of women's circles or men's circles. And it's not to exclude. It's to bring in a feeling of home. To bring in, like, we crave sisterhood. I crave sisterhood. I craved it so much that I had to start it myself because I couldn't find it. And that when you've been part of a circle you realize that there's something magical in there there's like an invisible thread connecting us and you may say something and the other person in front of you feels seen and the other way around and i found throughout the circles i've been leading that always one intention we start with intentions and we move on and they just build upon each other and we all sort of have that intention but we only voiced our part, and then the other sister voice is the other part, and together we have one whole core intention. And that is really profound, because we are so connected in inverted commas right now, we are so exposed to things, yet we are devoided of connection itself, of deep connection. And this answers that calling because we have evolved in tribes, in gatherings, in villages, in communities, because that's the only way to make it in the wild life.
1: You have to. You you have to rely on each other. And technology has made us believe that we don't need other humans, which is really not the case. We need physical touch. Like, we need to have conversation, you know, as medicine. We need these things. Um. And there are a lot of lonely people, especially in cities as well. Um, And it's been really lovely to have these circles. I'm surrounded by, especially being a musician, unfortunately it's changing a lot, but still surrounded by a lot of man, you know, man energy, which is, which is beautiful. And I've got some really great, um, I've actually, I've I've got brothers from that experience, which has been really beautiful, Um, but there is that thing of of that sisterhood that I I think have been missing. so I think circles and we are real in the circles we're all mirrors for each other. it's really interesting yes.
0: And we learn quicker because we learn we don't have to go through it ourselves mm-hmm. um we can learn from each other's insights and mistakes and lessons and coming back to the masculine and you being surrounded by men, right there isn't anything wrong right with um, no no right there's a beauty in it because i was speaking about this yesterday with a client um who is a veteran and went into the army and that is a men's world and um it's really beautiful how she put it she said i thought i wanted discipline and i needed to be fixed and the army was the only place to fix me um and that, that just broke my heart, um, you know, hearing that. But it was so beautiful in because she's now full circle in a place where she can see um, and learn from the lessons and heal those aspects because it has been intense and traumatic. But looking into our day-to-day world, we are in a world built by men at the forefront, for men at the forefront. and that what we can see can do for us we can create with it that it brings us to the feminine Mm. it's so disproportionate that we realize that there's something missing and only through the duality and the contrast we can go towards the feminine and bring that up into balance and it is about the balance of the two it's the yin and the yang the plus and the minus and the magnetic force it's not Oh, now we're going to go into the feminine age. And
1: it's uh, like, you know, like the Barbie movie. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> it. I love at the end, they kind of, I think, as women do when they're creating something, uh, you know, we never forget to mention, and then everything became equal, you know, afterwards. It was on the final note. But yeah, there needs to be, It, it one can't exist without the other.
0: And there's healing on both sides.
1: And, and there were. And I, I believe there are people who fit, you know, within the, that spectrum of, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can fit and move, you know, like water. You can be fluid throughout that whole binary illusion. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. It, it, it is It has been like every time I come to circle, I kind of have this kind of sigh of relief. And at first, I was nervous. I have to say, like, I was like, "Oh, should I do this?" Because it's always nerve-wracking, especially with women you don't know, and and being being the new girl or being the new thing. But I just encourage people to, you know, to reach out and to try something like a, a circle. You don't know, you know. Obviously, you want to make sure it's feeling it's aligned with you and you feel safe. But you know, I would encourage people to give it a give it a go if they're thinking of it.
0: Thank you. Absolutely, it's it's an open invite. Um, we we gather full moon, new moon, most of the time, but not always because hey, um, I'm a cyclical being, and I'm not always able to hold space, and and that, that is okay. And there's there's beauty in the ritual of doing it again and again and again right it could be a one-off one-off is great but a one-off is just taking a paracetamol or one-off and then that's
1: it <laughs> when you said that I just got this image of me like next time I get my period just like rattling through the pain <laughs> everyone's gonna be like what are you doing but that turn off the lights and rattle through it I love being in darkness by the way I used to I was so afraid of the dark when I was a kid but now I just love I love it especially when you're not feeling well or you just want to hasmlaren time it's just so cozy and nice
0: absolutely i um you know in when i lived in mexico so during um the whole covid like we ended up in mexico we were running my partner and i were running a retreat in mexico um, in 2020 and we arrived in march first week of march in mexico and we got there and then a few days after everything locked down all flights stopped and we were like are, what are we going to do are we going to go back To Europe or not and we just decided to stay and take a leap of faith it was scary because there there were unknown times and it was very confusing and then soon after we realized this was the best decision ever so uh, we lived in Mexico for a really long time and you know we're looking to um, go back to Mexico and build we have land there
1: oh wow I've always wanted to travel to Mexico I think that's like a need to take that off my list
0: you, you can come to our land. Maybe we build a house together. <laughs> we're living in a house. You know, we're in a community. Um, And I'm actually looking at building, you know, earth domes on a, like, building. Yeah, which you do it from the earth. But where I was going in this, because in Mexico, I was introduced to the practice of sweat lodges. And in sweat lodges, you go into this um clay dome or made out of um, tree branches and covered and it's pitch black and you go in there and you sweat profusely and you are taken through initiatory gates um, in the four directions but it's dark and the symbolism is that you go within the womb of the earth to be reborn and come back again and that is such a profound practice and um you know i'm grateful that the native americans that the central americans that have kept these traditions for so long of the sweat lodges um, are sharing it with others
1: yeah that must have been a, a beautiful experience so just a quick word to say thanks so much for listening to the first episode of chilling with chilby if you're interested in learning more about Denise's work, make sure to click the link below in the show notes as she's really kindly gifted listeners a free gift. I've also included links to any books, etc., that we've been chatting about throughout the show, and I'd love to hear your feedback. So DM me on Instagram and let me know who you'd like me to chat to next. But I just love, I love anything kind of delving into the metaphysical and the esoteric, and I'm just interested in it. It's exciting
0: it's it's something that is outside of our new digital worlds yeah and we have always been devotional creatures, whether revering the fire that you know took <laughs> took us out of um, the very dark primordial ages or revering the earth or the rain or the sun or the spirits of um Each element, you know, then there's been gods and goddesses and then um, monotheist religions. There's always been something. And when we don't have that, then we end up going to um, bow to material things.
1: Things. It's almost like the media is our God right now instead of nature that's outside of us, that 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 feeds us, that gives us water, that clothes us. Everything that's created comes from nature. Uh, I don't know, but we seem to be worshipping this kind of – I mean, I love technology. It's amazing. I can communicate with my family from the other side of the world, and I I do think there's a positive side of it. But the, the negative side is just so – you can just see it everywhere.
0: It's when we forget that there's something else and we're yearning. We have deep yearnings. We we haven't evolved at a desk looking into a box and speaking. Like we, what, we had 10 years of that? Yeah. No. 20, 30, if you, if you go, you know, a bit free. But, you know, the Zoom age, it's post-COVID, the Zoom age. No. Um we're not used to this so mm-hmm. our dna our cells our memory and our cells have memory because of the water water has memory and this water that we have in our cells has been around for billions of years mm-hmm. because it evaporates and then it comes down again evaporates it comes down again and it has just changed in shape and it has memory and it's calling us And it speaks to us. That's how our ancestors can speak to us. That's how um, parts of ourselves. And that we know if, if you're listening to this, if you have that yearning, you know there's something tapping you. It's like, hey, look for more. Look for something that gives you that connection. Because it will bring you home.
1: I think that's a really beautiful way to kind of to wrap up our conversation, and I could continue to ask you like a million questions, and I've still got more questions on my page. Like, that I we should definitely do another um interview or another chat in the future. Um, and yes, yeah, speaking of your ancestors, you're saying how the the water you know we communicate with our ancestors through the water, and um, there you sent me this beautiful video of your grandmother singing, and I just I love folk music from anywhere in the world. its It just moves me the most. And there's something about her, vo- her voice. And could you tell us maybe a little bit about the song that she's singing and what it's about?
0: Um, so this song I was recording, I have this recording with my grandma from probably 15 years ago uh, when I was doing an art project, a video installation uh, for my, probably my final work uh, for my degree And I flew to Romania and I recorded her singing various different things. So I didn't ask for a specific song. I just asked her to sing me things. And I have many recordings with her. But this particular one um, is about yearning and longing for times gone by, yearning for the mountains, yearning for the sound of the birds, yearning for you it says
1: at the end oh i can't believe how perfect that is to end our discussion because we're just saying you know this the reason why there's such a resurgence of people wanting to you know connect to connect with ritual and and sisterhood and it's because we all we're all yearning for something more than what we have in front of us Thank you so much. And what was your what was your um your grandma's name? How do you say grandma in Romanian? You say bunica, bunica, bunica. That's
0: grandma. And her name was Vasilica. Vasilica. Uh, Vasilica. Yeah, it, it's coming from uh Basil, Saint Basil.
1: Yeah, basilico. Saint. is like yeah,
0: yeah. It's a... yeah. So, it's with a V. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she she was a powerful woman. And singing was her medicine. And people in the old age, you know, there's this like we're losing this generation. There are very few people left from that generation that have a touch with 80 years ago, 90 years ago, 100 years ago. And because they have a touch with that, that means we have a touch with another 100 years in the past because they have met their grandparents probably. So there's this living link. That is getting looser and looser and my grandma passed away a couple of years ago and i was in mexico and i couldn't fly back and it was a very
1: yeah.
0: challenging time Sorry about that. she sang all her life she sang cooking she sang gardening she sang sang doing field work you know she she, she was a farmer um and I didn't realize until, you know, coming into this healing where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, she was truly a healer through her singing. And this this just came up when she passed away, um, when she was passing. We knew it was coming. And all I could do was sing. So I couldn't sing to her. But I was singing to her soul. And there's this beautiful song which I don't remember who sang it. And I found it. It was like, she takes me to the other side. And I could just see, I I was just singing on repeat, singing and crying. Mm -hmm. She brings me to the other side. She brings me to the other side, returning home. And that was my way of doing my ceremony for her um, soul transitioning.
1: Okay. So we'll... We're going to play this song in memory of your, of Basilica. And um, I would just really, I'd love to um, extend this invitation to you guys to get in touch with your, you know, the elders in your family, to listen to their stories and find their songs, learn the songs because these songs will go missing if we don't learn them ourselves. So then we can teach them to our children and yeah I if if you want to share them with me please do I love I love hearing um folk music so yeah thank you so much for listening thank you for being my guest Denisa I really appreciate your time and everything you've shared with us today and if people want to find you where's the best place to find you
0: Instagram at the moment the second nature the second nature is um my handle and yeah, come join us for one of the new moon or full moon circles.
1: Yes, please do. I'll pop all the links into the space below. I'm new at this. I'm guessing that's what well, that's the thing that we do. And that's what I'm supposed to say. But um yeah, speak soon and hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care.
0: <laughs> C-acoperiți de nori De murmuri tainic de izvor mi de prea mătlin de brazi mi de ti nea.